Hi friends, thanks for tuning in to episode 3 of Digging for Bones. On today's episode, I interviewed Preston. Preston has an extensive history with kink, BDSM, and the pup community. He moved down here from Alaska all the way to McMinnville, Oregon, where he's trying to develop a community of his own. And we had a great conversation from things from consent conversations, boundaries, a little bit of impact play, and pupping out. So enjoy the episode and DM me if you have any questions or comments or feedback for the show. Take care. He jumps in. Arr, hello. Hey. How's it going? I'm all right. How are you today? Oh, it's it's been a day a little bit, but we're here and I'm really excited to chat with you. I've been looking forward to it for a week now. And so I'm really glad to be here. Absolutely, uh, me too. Um, hey puppers, how's everybody doing? No. Show me some paws. There we go. All right. Um, so to get started, I would just have you kind of introduce yourself, but I just want to give you a warm welcome. Welcome to the show. Um, and thanks for being here. Your experience is wonderful and you have a lot of experience and I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, and we can, we can see what we can chat about and dig for some bones today. So yeah, if you want to introduce yourself to everyone. Yeah. Um, my name's Preston or winter morning sun. Um, and I'm 22. Uh, I've been involved with the BDSM kink leather community uh, since like the day I turned 18, basically. Um, and I did a lot of work in Alaska with uh, one of the international Miss Leather title holders. Um, I just did a lot of volunteer work and I gave a lot of love until my feet bled for, <laughs> for a while. Um, and then I moved to Oregon and now I live here and I'm trying to create community in wine country, uh, Yamhill County area. So, yeah. We get a lot of viewers from rural areas and uh, it's kind of tough to be kinky in those areas. But also I see on like FetLife and stuff, there's a lot of kinky people in those areas. So they're there. <laughs> Yeah, the groups, they're not as active as you'd think, you know, um, and I'm used to like Alaskan groups on FetLife and like private Facebook pages because everyone there is so bored. But here, I feel like people aren't as bored. So they're not as active in these groups. It's kind of sad. But I mean, whatever, it'll come. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Bear with me one moment. I need to turn my notifications off because my phone is just... Connection there? We good? All right. Yes, we good. Well, cool. Um, so tell me, when you said, as soon as you turned 18, how did you find yourself involved with the community at that age? Like, I didn't really start finding these communities until way later in my 20s, but I am noticing a lot of younger pups and people in the community finding it sooner. Yeah. So I somehow had the opportunity thrown at me in life to um, meet someone who owned a venue and they let me do music events um, with them for the all-age community in Alaska. But then once I turned 18, I found out that they were also doing things in the community for alternative lifestyles. 
um, and alternative relationships and all that jazz. Um, and so on my 18th birthday, it was like a Wednesday or something like that. They were like, Preston, you're 18 now. So, you know, um, you're a little gay boy in Alaska and you have nothing to do. So come meet other people that you would get along with at our sex club. So nice. <laughs> Yeah, so I just started going and lending a hand as much as I could, um, and yeah, so. Well, thanks for sharing. That's great. I love hearing that. I am an applicant. I am not in the contest yet, but I applied for uh, the pet title for here in Oregon, so I'm very much looking forward and also nervous. It was kind of on a whim, so I, your experience and sharing this with, is valuable to me, too, so I really appreciate that. Um <laughs> The time I'm very holders. excited for your run. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm very excited for your run, honestly. Um, I am, I really want to. Um, I'm very nervous, though, because I've ran for a contest, the Alaska State Boot Black, before. And contests are hard, but they're really worthwhile, and I love it. And so I would love to run for Mr. Oregon State Leather, um, because I feel like that would be a position I would do better in than a boot black. But, um, yeah, so. That's awesome. Well, I'm not running yet. I, I do want to be very cautious with saying the word applicant for right now. Um, but I will find out later in the week. So stay tuned, everybody. We will see if I get to be in the running. And it's cool because I'm excited about it. It's like this double, like, it's going to be a great learning experience. I can already tell. And the community has been so welcoming so far. Um, but I also want to go in to compete to respect the competition too, and not just go in as a learning experience. And so um, it's a little bit of both. So I'm really excited, but we will stay tuned. And hopefully next week I will have an update for everybody. Um, but yeah, you definitely should get involved. And um, there, did you see the events that are coming up here in Oregon for it's like, there's like the play party on the night before and all of that. So yeah. Um, and I'll post more about that in the description below um, after the show, if anyone's interested here in the Oregon area to know more about that. Um, well, cool. So I guess my next question is pup play. So you are into the pup play stuff. That was kind of the first thing on the list. Uh, what kind of pup are you? Um, what would you say? Like, what, how would you like, what do you mean by that? Like, what kind of pup am I? Uh, whatever it means to you. So, like, playful. Do you have a breed? Is what, like, what's your pup personality or perso okay. pup, per persona? Yeah. Um, so, I feel like I'm naturally always in kind of, like, a pup mindset, I guess, or headspace. Um, and ever since I was a small child, I, <laughs> I feel like I was just not human. But um, so, I would say that pup play to me um it mainly comes out uh during sexuality and stuff like that um but i feel like i am just um i would say i'm playful i don't really know a breed i would say pitbull or a bulldog um and I just love to bark and growl and howl when I have orgasms and I like to wrestle around and not use my words and cuddle and snug and just be really playful and sweet. And I love to get into that headspace of no responsibilities, only dog life. <laughs> I love that. 
headspace <laughs> is becoming a really special place for me too so i can relate and mine's been a little bit of sexuality but i'm really loving the community side of it have you been involved with like pub communities and gone to like socials and things like that before um so i've done a little bit uh not a lot it's been a little hard out in um wine country yamhill county uh just because like the back and forth to oregon all the time right now is not the easiest thing for me but um gosh uh i was like the only one wearing a pup hood at the wine country pride and it was a little daunting because in alaska there's more people <laughs> but it was just me and little old wine country <laughs> mcminnville so uh but i did it and it was great and people thanked me for the representation which really touched my heart so oh i love that it's being a solo pup is hard. I went to a show a couple of weeks ago and I, I had my muzzle with me and I find safety in numbers, but I put it on for a moment and to, to watch cornbread and it was just a moment, but yeah, I definitely know what you mean. Being alone with that. It's, it's, it's daunting a little bit. So good kudos to you for putting that on and representing the pups. So thank you. Yeah, uh, thank you. One of the topics I really want to talk about you with, because uh, you are a sex educator uh is around like consent especially in like the pup community um and kind of like what's your thought process how do you like how do you teach on that like what what's kind of a conversation starter for that um so for me with consent i always like to start with rack or ssc and if you don't know what rack is um it's risk aware consensual kink um, and then SSC is safe, sane, and consensual. Um, and so if you're in a mindset or a headspace that doesn't um, have a lot of like ver like words, um, you know, it's really important to just make sure that we're trying to uh, do our best by using our words. Like if there's a, a pup that is not using words, it's good to figure things out before you start um, like playing with them so you don't cross boundaries. Like what are ways I can find out um, you are uncomfortable with that? Or like what are ways I know that you want me to stop? Um, and really just like having pre um, like negotiation before you involve yourself into these things is really, really important because things happen and people can get uncomfortable and we got to know uh, that people are people. Um, and sometimes people will say they want to do something or they will uh, start doing something and later feel uncomfortable or look back on it later on when they're no longer in that space and they will want to talk about how they probably never want to do that again. Um, and yeah, I feel like it really varies. I just love negotiation. That would be the thing that I stand by the strongest is negotiation before the play. So I love that. That was actually, I just made my first educational post the other day and that was the topic that I chose to post on was, I, uh, <laughs> And so that's something I, I don't hear a lot of people when I, when I use the phrase scene. Um, and so I think it's, you're, you nailed it, is just having those conversations beforehand. I think as queer men too, we, at least in, I'm gonna speak from my experience and generalize a little bit, but there's just a lot of nonverbals. Like you think about some of the ways that we even hit on each other in spaces out in the public, you, it, we don't walk up and just talk and say things a lot of the time. There's so much nonverbal communication, especially at like a bathhouse and 
You know, I think we're really good at that, but nonverbal communication also leaves a huge space for oopses. Um, and I'm a big advocate for like, if you're gonna play sports, there's probably gonna be injuries. And it's about how you handle those injuries when they happen and doing your darndest to make sure they don't happen in the first place. Um, but the reality is that they probably will happen and like being able to have those conversations um, and identify some of people that could be potential danger in the community and things like that. Um, so yeah, no, this is, this is really good stuff. And you know, pups, it's such a nonverbal space. Um, and so you need to be able, I think, I think taking the time to have a conversation before going into headspace is important. Um, and then also knowing that you don't have to stay there because I've seen some pups and heard stories where like, they're kind of over it. They love their handler. They love their alpha that, but there's just like a, they get to a point when they're like, okay, that dynamic is kind of worn its welcome for a minute. And like, it's okay to like exit that scene. And I think like, that's something that can be talked about in a negotiation as well. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And one thing that I've really, um, <clears throat> what's helped me a lot is uh, I used to not be very good with like body language stuff. Um, and now uh, I've done a lot of practice and asking people like what are ways they show um, non-verbally uh, when they're uncomfortable or when they want to stop or when they are, you know, um, back in reality, I guess. I mean, I'd say uh, when it involves like headspaces and stuff and like leaving subspace or, you know, leaving the headspace of topping. Um, I feel that has really helped me as well, um, especially if you uh, struggle with, you know, things like not being aware of body language, because I sure used to struggle with that a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I'm neurodivergent. I have some sensory processing things, too. So, like, I'm kind of crazy. I'm like, spank me. You can slap me. You can choke me. But, like, don't touch this like weird triangle spot in my arm right here. It's very sensitive and ticklish, but I know it doesn't make sense to other people, but like for me, it's like, it's kind of a crazy no-no zone for me. Um, okay. And so like, I love to have those conversations beforehand too. So yeah, I think this is good stuff. Um, what kind of questions do people come to you and usually ask once they, like when you're like in some kind of education environment, what are some of the common, or at least one of the most common things that come up in a conversation? Um, well, I've had so many people come up and ask me some stuff. And I feel like a lot of the time when I talk about the um, harsher subjects, like with um, like certain things like involving uh, like why I don't play intoxicated, uh, you know, like the things that people will bring to me involving that. Uh, can be kind of hard, but um, a lot of the time I feel like uh, talking about safe sexuality or like how to do things involving like BDSM is what I get a lot. Um, and I mean, I'm not like a professional, but I've been to quite a few play parties and I've attended quite a few workshops and classes and roundtables involving um, things to do with BDSM. So I love to talk about that as well. Um, Mainly uh, impact play, but I also uh, get a lot of questions about fisting and why I like fisting. Um, and so, yeah, just a lot of things. I can't even pick one. 
We got a question. So thank you for sharing that. I'm going to see if I can read this real quick. Thank you, Pups. Uh, Pup Skip just asked, thank you, Pups, for having this conversation. I'm just getting to the actual side of Pup. So this is helping me navigate that a little easier. So thank you. I'm glad. I, I, that's great to hear. Um, it's helping me as well. Um, so I want to give you kind of a moment to, if, to maybe flip the interview a little bit. And if you've got questions for me, I would love to answer some. Yeah. Um, so when, so tell me more about like your story, I guess, or like your experiences, like what got you into, um, pup play or kink or BDSM and why, why does education and representation drive your heart? Like, why does that, why does that motivate you? Why does that make you happy? I'm glad you noticed that. Um, <laughs> that is what makes me happy. So this really started, I, I mean, I started exploring some of my kink stuff before I met my ex-husband about five years ago. I had moved from Montana back to Arizona. I got on FetLife and I started hanging out with a handful of swingers. And I went to a couple play parties and these were heterosexual, bisexual, whatever you want to call it, but it was just kind of an everybody environment. And then I fell in love. Um, and then I got married and did the thing and spent the last four and a half years in a wonderful relationship for the most part, um, but it ran its course. Um, and at the end, you know, there's been kind of this, like, in my early twenties, I was out ish, but I never really had queer gay friends before I was out ish, but I did the hookup thing. And that's kind of what I thought was like, that's how you met people. That was like what you did. Um, and I do think that was just kind of a sign of the decade back then too. Um, but this time around, I, you know, I had just gotten into therapy, uh, this last year. Um, I had some traumatizing things with family happen, and then when my divorce happened, um, I have a kink-friendly queer, uh, they, them, he therapist that I've never had that before. And when I told him kind of about my interest in pup play, because um, my ex-husband's partner had actually gotten me a hood, and I went to Sanctuary, which is a pansexual sex club here. They had a Thursday event. And uh, I, I went to that event in my hood. It was the first time I really wore it, even though I'd, I'd been wearing tails for God only knows how long and getting into headspace that way. But this was my first time in a hood. Had this therapist lean into it and I started developing kind of like an intentional alter ego, which was Tucker. And at this point I had two, I had this Max side of me that was online on Twitter. And then Tucker was new. And having access to a therapy that knew what they were doing, who understood pup play, who understood kink, who understood what it means to be gay, um, really kind of excelled me into kind of a post-traumatic growth situation. Um, and so all the kinky stuff that I learned, I was starting to be able to apply. The other side of this is those last years of my marriage, I really dove deep into like polyamory and relationship structures in the book. So I read things like Polysecure, which is a fantastic book and trying to understand attachment styles and ethical slut, which I know that one gets tossed around a lot. Join support groups online, things like that. Um, and so I really felt like all of that really just like launched me into the space that I'm in right now, having those skills. Um, and then last but not least, just the community online and where I've been able to, the people I've been able to talk to on Twitter and on Instagram. And last but not least, I am an advocate where my heart and education comes from and why I want to be here and the passion 
is I don't think you need to choose. If you want to show your genitals on the internet and feel sexy and have people do things, whatever it is, however you decide to express your sexuality online, if you want to make an income from that, that's awesome. But unfortunately in our society, that's deemed like this alternative thing that you can be that, that's okay, but then you can't be this. You can't be a respectable member of society. And I find that kind of bullshit. Um, <laughs> I yeah. think you can be both. Now, I don't think that, I'm not encouraging you go and bring all of this to work. That's not appropriate. There's, you know, part of being sex positive is also understanding like, it's like freedom of religion also means freedom from religion. And I apply that with sex positivity too. Being sex positive also means that some people don't want to be a part of that and that's okay. Um, <laughs> so don't force that on them. And so, but that also doesn't mean like the White House correspondent thing that's going on right now with the leather daddy who also happens to work at the White House. I think that's great. And I think we need more of that kind of representation. I also have like my heroes online here who are OnlyFans stars and they also do wholesome content and have filled my heart for the last year. And, you know, so there's, there's, I, I do, I do, I really want to be both. And that's kind of the, the motivation for me. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that you brought up heroes because lately I've been thinking a lot about one of my heroes, which is, um, International Miss Leather 2013. I love her a lot, you know, and coming from her living in Alaska for a really long time. And that is such a wild place to live. Like, I can't even explain what it's like to live in Alaska as a person who identifies as queer or is into kink or leather or BDSM or even just being a gay man. Like, I came out at, like, 12 or 13, which is really young, in my opinion, and other people will say the same thing, but I don't know, I just knew. Um, and that was when I was ready to be open about it. Um, and I really, for years, I felt like I was, like, the only person who identified as, like, gay in that area, Wasilla, Alaska. And I, it was well until after I was like 18 years old that I actually started like connecting with like other gay men and really a lot of that and the only way you can get that kind of experience is either by going to the Alaska Center for Alternative Lifestyles or going to um the two the one of two gay bars I would go to <laughs> like so like really you know I feel representation not just in like the workplace, but just in life is uh, really important and beautiful. And that's how we can find people that are our heroes or um, people that just make us feel good. So I love that you brought that up. <laughs> um, it's fun telling people that my, some of my role models are also only band stars. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, well, thanks for answering that. So, you know, what do you do? So you brought up impact play a little bit. Um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite thing with an impact play? Are you more the one who likes to do the impacting or be impacted? Like, what? Where, where do you land on this? Yeah. Um, so, oh gosh. Okay. So the first time I ever did impact play was um, the first time I ever went to uh, the Alaska Center for Alternative Lifestyles. And um, I, quite frankly, I did not know what I was doing, but um, 
I told this person that I was playing with as a top, I was like, I've never really done this before, but I'm really interested. And so they took a chance on me and they let me, um, you know, play around with their flogger. And they told me where to um, aim and how to do it very lightly. And then I just kind of became a natural at being able to throw a flogger. Uh, I even had someone who's been doing it for years and is like 40 years older than me being like, how did you learn how to do that? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm just naturally really good at it. Um, so I love to talk with impact play, but uh, when it comes to cathartic impact play, um, I love to bottom for that. That is my absolute favorite. Um, I've had some crazy experiences that were so beautiful and beneficial to my soul being <laughs> a bottom for people's really, really dense, thuddy floggers. <laughs> I'm a sucker for a thud. Are you a stinger? Do you like stingers? I, I, I'm, I'm in the thud. I, I have to do a thud. I cannot do a sting. A sting hurts me. I don't know why it makes it hard to get into the space. I have to be, I want to feel like I just got punched in the back. <laughs> yeah. I think, I'm, yeah. I think that's where I'm at right now too, as far as what I'm liking. Where I started realizing I like impact play was I went to a, uh, this Dollapalooza thing that was here for Pride and I had some gear on and my sexy bicycle shorts and I asked someone to spank me. I was a little intoxicated. And I'm normally a really sensitive person. I don't like being hurt. Pain's not my strong suit. Um, however, I was getting really frustrated for the first time ever in my life that I wasn't getting spanked hard enough. And then, like, I thought people were just, like, oh, trying to go easy on me. And I, and it, I did. I got actually kind of frustrated. I was like, come on, really? Is that, like, the best that you've got? Um, <laughs> and then it clicked for me. I was like, oh there's something here. <laughs> um, and so I, yeah, I want to explore that more myself. Um, well, thank you. Um, you know, we got a couple of user submitted questions. They're funny. Um, I will ask my first one, which was, <laughs> what's your most embarrassing, if you want to share at least an embarrassing story involving kink that you would feel comfortable sharing? Um... What did you learn from it is probably a better follow-up to that, too. Um, well, oh, gosh. Um, okay, okay. So I explored some electroplay, some e-stimulation, um, once or twice before this. And it was with the same people over and over again, okay, these, these times. Um, and twice... We were at the club, we were hanging out, it was great. I experienced like really, really awesome stuff. But then we were like, let's go to your house one day. Um, and I was with my partner at the time and we were all planning to just like play around and have some fun and do some electro stimulation and some, you know, just goofball, oddball kind of stuff, you know, just hanging out, getting to know each other more and playing around. Anyways, so, we're getting ready to hook me up to their their little box or whatever. I don't really know what it's called because I still have a lot to learn about Easton. But 
Um, anyways, so, and this will tell you how I have a lot to learn about it. But anyways, so they have this like leather thing that you like put on your genitals that has these conductors or whatever that are supposed to, um, provide the electricity stimulation to your genitals. And, uh, so it's like this sheath or like these cock, this like leather cock ring thing that goes onto your shaft as well and around the head of a penis. And so we're like putting it on and I'm kind of flat. So it's, <laughs> my penis is not big enough for it. And uh, so this person is just like, it's fine. We'll, we'll make it work. And so they have it on, they turn it on and they're like, okay, do you feel anything? And I'm like, no, I don't No. And so they're like, turning it up progressively and they're like you still don't feel anything what the heck like you know like there's something wrong or whatever and i'm like yeah no i don't feel anything and they get to the point where this thing is turned up all the way and we're like i feel like you already know where this is going but like all of a sudden something happens where the connection goes through and of course this thing is full blast so it sends like the most intense fucking shock all the way through my fucking body starting at my genitals and sorry i'm guessing starting at my genitals and like literally full blast and i let out the most hellish scream i've ever let out in my whole life like i am not even kidding oh my god it's sending me back <laughs> and from that moment i was like i don't think I can do this <laughs> with you ever again. And I realized what I learned from that is it wasn't their fault. Um, that was a mishap that could have happened to anyone playing with anyone. Um, and you gotta know that if you're playing with BDSM or kink or anything to do with sexuality, like, you know, uh, like what you were saying earlier, oopsies happen. Um, that was a big oopsie. And looking back, I laugh hilariously. Like, oh my gosh, I laugh very hard. But I'm just, I'm thinking about how I immediately went into subspace for two seconds just because of that, like, endorphin rush. <laughs> but then I, I get very sad because I'm like, I could have had so much fun if this, if this worked out right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. No, yeah. that's, thank you for sharing. I'm sorry you went through that, but I love the lesson that you've learned from it and that you're able to laugh about it now. But yes. yeah, that's, that's a really great story and about accidents. They do happen. And, um, and for those of you listening on the podcast, my hands have been on my face through that story. I was in shock. Um, <laughs> ah, in shock. <laughs> uh, no pun intended, but yeah, I guess I am being kind of funny. Um <laughs> So, it's not embarrassing, but I mean, it's probably, I can't really think of one where I'm like embarrassed because I don't embarrass easily, but honestly, that was one that I don't think I'll ever forget. And for some reason, these past few weeks, I've been thinking a lot about that, wanting to like get back into like East End stuff. And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't want that to happen again. <laughs> so, so. You brought up something interesting that I'm noticing too, is like, so that person that experienced, you're like, I don't think I could do this again with you. And I've heard that before in the kink community. That's not necessarily a personal attack on someone. That's just like, you know, we've all had that alcohol that made us really sick and it kind of ruined it for us. But that doesn't yeah. mean I'm not like 
if I have that with a person or a human being, it's just like, it just takes some time. I got to heal that. And like, then maybe we could revisit that. But like, it is, it's hard to just jump back into something with someone. And like, that's one of the dangers you got to be careful about with those injuries. Absolutely. I feel like it was mainly because they said, and they were like really assuring me that I would be comfortable and I would have a good time and they'd take care of me. And after that moment, for one, they were really inconsiderate about how it happened. And then they just kind of like were doing other things that were really inconsiderate and like not the most consensual or comfortable like throughout that experience with um, my partner at the time. And so it was really like I was like kind of just being like it was not the most fun. It was not a really good experience. So um I would do e-stim again. I just don't think I would play with them. <laughs> so, so yeah. and I think it's important that we talk about that, you know, like we should be aware that like it's okay to have boundaries with people and not want to play with people for certain reasons or just because you don't want to. You know, you don't have to have a reason. You could just not want to and it should be respected because boundaries and consent are requirements. So, love that. Boundaries is a, is one that's really interesting. So in a lot of that poly work I was doing, um, I really started to understand for the first time in my life, like boundaries are mine. Those are my boundaries. It has nothing to do with another person, but there's something I set for myself. And like, I just had an experience with someone the other day and they're like, well, one of my boundaries is, is that I, I have to be able to like touch people that I'm close with and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, huh, that's not really a, boundary <laughs> that's yeah. a rule for another person and actually i was like what you the way to phrase that would be like hey for me to have for the relationships i want in my life i have to have people around me that are cool with me touching them otherwise it's not a match and i will have to seek a relationship somewhere else and then that other person if they want a relationship with you can make that choice for themselves um and so that's these boundary conversations they're tricky because like on one hand, I do feel like that word gets tossed around like a buzzword and some people are being a little overbound, but you can't say that because it, it is personal. And so if you're going to be overbound, you're overbound. But I caution, um, and she talks about this in PolySecure a lot of like having porous boundaries where you're like, you don't have enough boundaries, but then there's also like being overbound where you're really limiting yourself to a, a point where like both extremes can be kind of, kind of not fun. <laughs> um, and so boundaries and boundaries and consent go together. Another really good one I love is just like rules, agreements and boundaries. And like, it's okay to have some rules. Like that's okay. We just kind of like limit those. Like, they're usually rules, usually breed resentment. Um, but yeah, so about like when you, 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 usually that part of a scene negotiation is usually where boundaries come up. Um, when someone crosses your boundaries, so this is kind of a new one I'll ask you about, is I find myself in like a new place space and I'm new in a community or new in this area and someone will come up in a really non-sexual way but still kind of touch me and I, I feel kind of claimed sometimes. Like there'll be like this, oh, a new person, arm goes around me and I don't really know you, and, but I don't want to be offensive or make a scene. And those are the kinds of moments where I'm like, what do I, what do I say right now? Like this is like, you're, they're not really doing anything wrong, but also I do feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you approach those kinds of situations? 
Um, well, I feel like boundaries are really important, especially um, they're not always things that have to be like what you're talking about. Like they don't always have to be involving like sexuality. They could really involve like just boundaries with friends, boundaries with strangers, um, anything like that, you know, boundary, like work, work home life boundaries, like things like that. So really boundaries are universal. They're all over the place. And I think they're really beautiful to have. Um, and when I used to let a lot of people just kind of walk all over me. Um, and I would do anything I could to be a people pleaser. And now that I am not, I love boundaries. And sometimes I can't even say like what my boundaries are. I just know that I want the freedom to be able to stand in my boundaries and have them be respected. So for that instance where people are coming up and you don't know them and you don't want to be disrespectful, but they're touching you, um, you can take that arm off of you. And that is your boundary placement. Like you being like, um, yeah, no, thank you. Or you don't even have to say anything. You just step aside. And then if they try again, that's when you can be like, hey, actually, I don't know you. We're still kind of in this thing where we shouldn't really just be touching people because germ transferring. And also, like, you don't know me. Like, what if I have, like, trauma to do with, like, being touched by people without them asking me? Like, I don't want that. So uh, please stop touching me. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but what really helps me, what I start out with in that moment specifically, is I just get their hand off me or I move. And um, sometimes even with just like a look, I'll just be like, um, excuse me, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, that helps me a lot. Uh, I think that we should respect uh, boundaries. And I don't think that um, we should go into things without thinking about how we're going to make other people feel. Like, in my opinion, I don't go up to people and just touch them randomly because I don't want that to happen to me. And sometimes people don't think like that and that's all right. You know, everyone has room to learn and it's important to learn um, and make mistakes so we can learn from them. Um, but yeah, I, that's definitely a thing that's important to me is boundaries and um, staying and standing strong in your boundaries and respecting yourself. Uh, and I think that everyone has room to uh, be taught about boundaries. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I, I love that. And like, it's something I feel has really coming out of that divorce. One of the things like, that's launched me into such a positive space already with all of this, as I've told people, the more I've said no, and no, thank you, the more opportunities that have actually happened, the more available I am, the more I get experiences that I actually want, because I'm saying no, there's this whole like, say yes to everything. And yes, yes, yes. Well, no, actually, no has actually gotten me a lot further than yes has and from all the people pleasing. Um, so I relate with that a lot. I was just telling a pup the other night, um, we were talking, they were talking about they had someone, they're only 20. So this is like, I love it. For the first time in my life, I'm feeling like I'm at this age where like, I'm still being mentored. But I'm also, I, I actually have some things I can tell a younger pup that might be valuable to them. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. But he was telling me about how he's got the, a new pup that's got some NRE and intense NRE. And he may be a little bit of avoidant. And they sound like they might be a little bit of an anxious. And they're also a gift giver. And like it's just this awkward dynamic. 
And I was like, we, we had a conversation about boundaries and something that came up that I think it's important that I want to share on the show is that setting boundaries is actually a way to deepen a relationship with another person. When you set those boundaries, you're actually giving that relationship structure and the ability to grow and strengthen itself. When you don't set boundaries and you keep that stuff to yourself, that actually damages a relationship and it can end up pushing you further apart. And so when people first give boundaries, it can be a little upsetting for a moment, but I think what like remembering that, like just having that conversation with someone about your boundaries can be huge and that they're only having that with you because they actually want to have a relationship with you. Um, there's just maybe some, some, dynamics or, or rules or boundaries <laughs> that need to be followed in order to make it great or what its potential is. And so we had a really good conversation about that. And what you were just explaining to me uh, really goes along with that. It's just, for me, it was harder to have that with a stranger in a new space where I'm like trying to be friends with people and I don't know this person. And so, but yeah, I think the more of us that just kind of own up to it and respect ourselves in a way to say, no, thank you. I think that'll just become common culture. And, you know, things are getting better. I can feel it. I can feel that there's a huge difference, like, between generations and how they even approach some of this stuff. I was at Lumber Twink last night here in Portland, and it was incredible. I loved every minute of it. Um, and actually, I'll circle back. You were talking about community. This is the first time in my life I have found gay men in a community that I'm not just hooking up with. Um, not that that can't happen, but like once I started hanging out with more and more gay men, I didn't realize how much of myself I censored with my friends for their comfort. I wasn't even aware I was doing that um, and how much better I feel um, just having people that relate to what I'm saying or understand what I'm saying. And so that's I went to this this event last night and I knew people for the first time, like people I've met on my own out after my marriage and like I'm starting to connect with people and it was just an incredible experience. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to touch on that too. I think there was a point in there I was going to get to, but I lost it. ADHD. Go figure. <laughs> Same. <clears throat> it's kind of like how I feel talking right now. I'm just like going on and on because this is all stuff I am very passionate about. So forgive my rambling. <laughs> hey, that's what it's for. This is, you know, someone's probably sitting in a car somewhere listening to this on their way to work if they've gotten this far into the story. Yeah. Um, and that brings me to my other point too. I just want to say thank you to everyone. I know our live feed will jump between three and 10 viewers at a time, but I actually just got up to like 50 uh, people who have actually listened to the podcast from front to back because um, that's one of the metrics. So I want to appreciate all of you. Like, it's not just the first couple of minutes, but sticking through it. Um, it means a lot because I'm a new pup and that's the approach I'm taking. I'm not trying to come in with this. I'm an expert. I'm going to teach you everything. Um, I'm going to share some of the stuff I do know, but my approach in the community is like, I want to learn. And so <laughs> I, and I want to share this experience with people. So I really appreciate you being here. Um, and there's probably more we can talk about and do another episode down the road. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts or questions for me that you may have? Um, what do you want to do in the future with um, the podcast or just education um, with 
living as a pup? Uh, do you plan on going around? Uh, what is going to happen if you get into the contest for the Oregon State leather titles and pup title or pet title, sorry, um, and you win? What are, what are your plans for that? What are, what are your dreams and passions for that? I love this question. I've been thinking about it all week. Uh, first things first, I, they were talking about like, they want you to plan some play parties or parties. Uh, I would love to do a glow pup party. And there's a new bathhouse that opened up in town and I talked to the owner about it. And I think it would be fun to have some kind of glow in the dark themed like pup event. Um, that was actually scheduled and work with the owner maybe on charging a little bit extra that night and donating some of those proceeds to support Pup Cooper, which is the nonprofit that I want to back, uh, which is about getting people. He does wonderful stuff. He was the first person on this podcast on episode one. I recommend anyone going back and listening to Cooper if you haven't already. Uh, but I really want to support his organization. Um, and so that's like some of the stuff I want to do. Um, the classes and you know, there's, there's a lot of classes out there for like impact play and BDMS stuff. I see that those kinds of workshops. I want to find either myself or maybe even people who might be even better subject experts and host some trainings around these kinds of conversations. Um, how do you keep yourself safe? Like, you know, there, there, there unfortunately are going to be people who enter these spaces with probably not the best intentions who are coming off like they have the best intentions. Um, and how do we protect each other and 86 those people <laughs> when, when we need to? And so like having those kinds of conversations in classes, because, you know, when you're young and there's someone with a huge age difference, it can be really hard in those power dynamics uh, to navigate that. And when you're in a kink space and sharing those spaces, you need to be able to navigate that. And so I, I do want to have some classes around that kind of stuff as well. Um, I would love to find some kind of national competition. They, there was a pup one. It seems like the pet stuff is kind of in limbo. It looks like it was blown up after COVID. Um, there was stuff in the works. Some cities still have it. Some are falling apart. Um, but yeah, that's, those are some of my dreams, but definitely some play parties, definitely more organized events. There, we do, I would love to be able to represent some events that are for under 21 as well. Um, I think that we can have over 21 events that are not just focused on alcohol as well, uh, but also some stuff under 21 that, you know, isn't necessarily turning into an orgy, but it's okay if that happens too. Like, Absolutely. and not be ashamed of that. And like, those kinds of parties are a good thing. Like, that's why we have community. And so that's some of the stuff if I win, I would really like, uh, all of this comes back to raising money for support Pup Cooper and making sure if people have access to a therapist that's like them. Because I can't imagine how impactful it must be if you're a pup and your therapist or the person you're seeking advice from or coaching from. Actually, I'm pretty sure Cooper's a coach. Don't quote me. I might be butchering whatever his qualifications are, but he is qualified. Um, <laughs> but, you know, having someone who is like you not only just gay, but a pup, if that's what you need, I just, I can't imagine the impacts and the benefits from that. And so I'm really passionate about the work he's doing. Um, and I, I really want to support that. Um, and also I, I do love the affirmation. So I can't deny that look like just being able to network with the community and like what happened last night and knowing people and this party for the first time in my life was really special. So that part too. I love that. That's really beautiful. And I love that 
you want to make fun play happen for people 18 and older, not just people that are 21 plus. <clears throat> and also having events that are not centered or involving alcohol, that's really important to me. And one thing I really, really loved was um, the Alaska Center for Alternative Lifestyles. It was never, ever involving alcohol in their parties. And I think that that is really beautiful. Um, I mean, if you involve alcohol in your parties, I'm not going to judge you. I, I don't, I go do what you want, care for it, you know, like just make sure everyone is safe and people need to be held accountable and responsible and consumed safely. Um, and yeah, I love that. I think it's important to create community for the people that are 18 through 20. That was one thing I really struggled with in Alaska was, uh, the only community I had was, the Alaska Senator for Alternative Lifestyles because I couldn't go into bars. So. Yep. Well, and I think yeah. too, there's such a, like, as I start to understand old guard and new guard, if you guys aren't familiar with those terms, they're just kind of the, the sub dom dynamics between kind of what was and what is now. There has been a lot of education in the last couple of decades and the new people coming into this space you know, they did start teaching some of this in school. So they like some of this stuff, actually, people are more aware of it than they ever were. And some old some sub dom dynamics really still come in from an era of just patriarchy, like there's no other way to put it. And like, you know, consent is great and all that. But you know, like, if you're agreeing to that, but, you know, something she talks about in the, the new bottoming book is like, it should be an exchange of power not a giveaway of power and and i know old guard still respects that too and there's more i need to unpack there and no disrespect to that but i just i do feel like just the way we approach each other and consent there the, that stuff just needs to come forward more and so um i think including young people there's there's a lot to learn from them just as much as like they have a lot to learn from the community that's already here i'm all about respecting traditions and making sure those values and traditions that the communities had for a long time are still passed down. Like those can be taught. I can, I still have to learn a lot of that stuff. Um, but yeah, this new generation that's rising right now, they do have skills that the older generation needs um, from personal experience. Like even last night, this is what I was going to tell you. And that's all right. I remember now I had someone come up and pull on, poke my butt. And I was like, okay, cute. Like stop. <laughs> And then pulled on my jock strap. Like, it was just this older gentleman. And I was like, that is not okay. Like, I turned around and was like, no. <laughs> like, that is by nowhere. Is that ever okay? Like, even in a space like this. So please, like, no. <laughs> and so, like, those kinds of behaviors, like, you know, I, I've heard it before. And we see this in, like, outside the kink community. It's like, oh, it's just that generation. Like, that's just a different time or a different era. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, that. That behave like you can still learn. You're still breathing. You're still here in a space like this, and you are still capable of learning and understanding something. There's no excuse, and so and that's the stuff that I think new, the new new rising community can like definitely teach uh, the older community. Absolutely, I agree with that. I I've totally worked with youth before and currently I'm involved with a youth outreach uh, center that is centered for like 11 through 24 year olds 
Um, and I am mainly only in the 18 through 24 portion of that, but I also have worked with kids in a professional setting and I've learned so much just about being human from them. So imagine what we're learning or what we can learn from these 18 through 20 year olds when it comes to relationships or boundaries or self-love and respect and consent, especially for people that weren't really being taught that in their day-to-day -day life, um, you know, once they get older or like, you know, back in the day when it wasn't so um, like, it was important, but people just like weren't- Before me too happened. <laughs> yeah taking it seriously or like applying it or um uneducated i guess so yeah no, yeah absolutely uh yeah it's the before me too like and i know not all schools and not everybody has access to that education but you know you can you can feel it there's definitely a learning curve that's happened um well great i just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart uh Arf, and uh you've been great to have on here you're a valuable resource uh, we'd love to have you on again another time and we can talk about more stuff. And then if anybody has any questions, feel free to send those, uh, follow him on. Actually, I never asked you your pronouns. What are your pronouns? Um, he, him, or they, them. Okay. A lot of the time I don't feel human. So just sometimes I identify as a dead boy, but <laughs> like, you know, uh, he, him, or they, them. I love that. So yeah, if anyone has, wants to follow, ask us questions, you know, jump in our DMs, they're open. So um, absolutely. Thank, thank you so much for being here. Any final thoughts? I will give it to you. If there's any projects you're working on or any information you want to share with everybody before we go, the, the floor is yours, sir. Yeah, um, so I'm fairly sure that I'm going to take the leap of faith and run for the Mr. Oregon State leather title. Um, if I was to win, what I would do with that is I would try my hardest to make play happen in Yamhill County, make connection and community involving munches and even creating space for um, fun play parties and all that stuff um so i think that that would be really awesome because right now it feels very dry and sad and lonely and i think yam hill county has people that are just not feeling comfortable enough to come out and i think that they should feel comfy enough so that's one thing i would do if i was to win and i would also um do fundraisers and ask help with fundraisers for ending the stigma of hiv aids and um providing more education on HIV AIDS um, and especially for people that are under the age of 21 because um, that is just really important right now. Um, and I would also uh, want to raise money for either Provoking Hope in McMinnville, Oregon, which is a center uh, based on recovery uh, from substance abuse. And I also would uh, want to involve uh, Mr. Friendly or Team Friendly um, and uh, the Yamhill Action Community Partnership for Youth Outreach. So, love, yeah. Love, love, love. And, you know, if we do get accepted as applicants into the contest or not, all of that stuff can still happen. Like, leather titles aren't, like, 
things that have to happen in order to get this kind of involvement. Um, so whatever yeah. happens, I would love to help and support you as well on, on those endeavors. Absolutely. I think that what you're doing and what you want to do and what you're working for already is really important and really beautiful. And quite frankly, I think what I'm doing and what I'm working for is really beautiful as well. And the more we help things we're passionate for and like the more we help on things that we're really really um serious about and are really beneficial for the community at large um whether it's our community or someone else's um as long as it's not hurting people and being disgraceful i think it's really really important and amazing i love to be a part and so um i would love you to be a part of what i want to work on and i would love to be a part of uh what you work on <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Arf, uh, get one more bark. Can you bark out of you? I haven't heard a bark yet. Love it. Arf. All right, friends. Everybody, have a great day. I will. It's gonna take me a second to process things, and then I will message you after the show here. So you take care. Absolutely. Yep. Be safe, y'all.